Welcome to another edition of Conversations of the Heart. As always, it's your boy T. Till. Very, very special guest in the building today, Bajaya Ryans. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. Um, so just to let, let the people know, you know, um, you are from NOLA. You know, I want people to be clear. From You are from NOLA. Yes. Um, but, you know, definitely over that... I'm an ace town, you know what I'm saying? You are a licensed social worker um, and yes. you do have a background in medical social work and inpatient and outpatient, uh, you know, uh, uh, mental health therapy and child welfare. Um, so you have a lot of wisdom, knowledge and understanding about the topics and everything that we're going to get into t- today. Um, she has an yeah. amazing podcast called Healed, called Healed Yet, um, and we're going to yes. get into to that. Um, but first off, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for doing the show. Definitely appreciate you. Um, you know, especially being a black black queen and in, in, in mental health. Thank you. Uh we need more of us um in this particular realm. So just so for the people who don't know, just let them know just who you are, right? And why you got into this work. Again, my name is Majaya. I am a licensed social worker in Texas. Um, I've been licensed in Texas almost two years, but I've been doing social work over almost four years now. I got into this because I think a lot of social workers, what we we kind of didn't know this is what we wanted to do. Life usually takes you into this world. For me, it was more of going through what I was going through, but also seeing how much mental health advocates are needed in our community, especially. And going through school, I noticed like when I did my internships, there are so much, so many resources, so many things available that our our um, population does not know about either. It's very expensive to where people who are in poverty can't afford that type of um, treatment for mental health, or it's just something I didn't even know about until I got into the field. But back to why I started was because when I experienced um, after my son, like postpartum depression and also anxiety, things like that, I could not find help other than mm. find, of course, yes, a therapist. But it took me to go to my pay, my PCP for them to even tell me to start there. And the generation before us, our mom, they therapy, you know, they, that's not something I could go like, mom, you know, what do I need? What should I do? They all like pray, which is, which is, yeah, that's where we start. And guess that's where I started. And that's Mm -hmm. how I ended up here finding the resources that I needed was going to therapy, reading. I started reading a lot of books to find out what is anxiety. Like I've never heard of it, never knew that it, this was even possible. I thought what I was feeling was like sick, like sickness, but when I read about it, I got so interested. Like I and it just started from there. And that's how I ended up where I am. Man, you know, so you said something there. Um, you said a few things there, and I'm gonna try to touch on each one there. But the one thing that always sticks out to me is, especially with the generation before us, with all due respect to the generation before them, before mm-hmm. us, of course, is you ask and you ask them, why am I feeling this way? What is this, right? And a lot of times they just say, well, just pray about it, right? Probably because they don't have the answers. They don't know. They don't have the answers, Sway. They don't have, they didn't have the answers that we were looking for. 
So the, the, the default button is to just pray and listen. I'm all for it. All for it. Yeah. So I want people to be clear. Don't, don't come at me. I'm, I'm all for the praying. Because yes. you know what happens. Um, you know, all for the praying. But what else is there also when it comes to mental health, right? Because I guarantee you, if you went to that, to your, that same elder and you had a broken wrist and it was hanging off like this, and, and you said, mom, mom, dad, grandma, grandma, I got this. I was like, they're not going to tell you to pray. They're going to take you screaming and howling to the doctor in the emergency room. This is a fact. I hope yeah. it's a fact. Right? <clears throat> so when it comes to your mental health, when it comes to certain things that we can't see, right, we've got to get to a place where even us believers, Christians, mm-hmm. and warriors, we have to go see doctors for our mental health. And it doesn't mean psychologists. It can be a counselor. It could be a therapist. It doesn't mean somebody's going to medicate you. That's, and, I, and, and that's the other thing. I'm in place for medication. But sometimes ther- therapy, it, a lot of that doesn't start off as, oh, we just got to start shooting you up with, with medication and giving you pills. That's, I just want to debunk these things. Now, if it's at a point where you need these things, that's a different story. And there's a time and place for that. But therapy is therapy. Sometimes we just need a third party to get it out. And that's why I'm glad that um, that you brought that up. But also, kind of switching gears, but not really. Postpartum. You touched on that. You know, I, you know, as men, I always feel like we need to educate ourselves mm-hmm. on postpartum, on what that could look like for your spouse. Um, and just what to expect, right? And it doesn't mean that it's going to happen to your partner, but it just it just gives you awareness, right, of what possibly mm-hmm. can happen. Uh, you know, and, and I read up on a lot of things about postpartum and how bad it could get, right? And I, and everybody's body is different, everybody's mind is different. So be clear, right? But yeah, you with your experience with postpartum. Um, and probably others that you've heard of with postpartum. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that really affect you mentally as you were going through those pro- going through that process of post of postpartum? For me, like you said, everyone is different. So for me, it was um, it started off like the doctors would tell you, "Oh, it's just baby blues," or that feeling. Oh, it's gonna last for two weeks. Um, you you're gonna feel this way. And then, okay, after two weeks, I'm like, all right, it, it's not wearing off. I had this anxiety about nighttime. My son didn't sleep. So I was already programming my mind that I wouldn't sleep. So now I'm dealing with postpartum and lack of sleep. We all know lack of sleep is really bad for mental health. So I started to feel bad. Like, I don't feel like doing anything now. I'm a new mother. But it was also the depression that had me not wanting to do anything, not do anything for myself. Every part of me was for my child. Every bit of energy I had to give was for him, dressing him, getting him together. His dad worked all day. And when he came home at night, he didn't have much energy to to give at that time. So I kind of hit it, the real feelings of what I felt from him. 
because I didn't think he would understand what I was experiencing. I also didn't want him to think, you know, I'm complaining or I'm this, this and that about, I guess, being a new mom. I didn't mm -hmm. want him to think that I was not enjoying that. And it's not that you're not enjoying it. It's that you are experiencing so much anxiety. You're going through changes. And for me, it was my first child. So I was going through changes with my body. I didn't like the way I looked. I felt like I didn't have time to give to myself to get dressed up or do my makeup or do things that made me feel good. And I felt like I was losing myself. And then as a mother, you also start to feel bad. Like, am I blaming my son for feeling this way? It's not his fault that I had him and I don't want to do for myself. It's like, I don't want to feel like I'm mad. I don't want it to appear that I'm mad about being a mother. So you got so much self, you got so much guilt because you are upset, I guess, angry with yourself, which is when the, where the anxiety and depression comes in. Then you, now I wasn't sleeping. I was not letting my partner at the time know what I was experiencing, which could have helped me, but that's another story. Mm -hmm. But so I was trying to appear to be a whole a, a different person while he was around and around my family. And I also felt like people should know what I'm experiencing. And that's not true. Mm -hmm. I felt like everybody around y'all saw that I'm a single parent. Y'all see that I'm doing this by myself. Why is nobody trying to help me? Or why is nobody coming over or being helpful to me? So I just felt like I was drowning. It was so dark. And when I say dark, I just felt alone. Mm -hmm. But also felt like I was not a good mother for feeling the way I was feeling as well. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. And all of those things, it, it also can make you, it's like guilt too, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, I shouldn't be feeling this way, but I feel this way now. I feel guilty about feeling this way, which can it's make it like a psych. It's, yes. it's like a, it's like you're on a hamster wheel and it's just, everything keeps going around and around and around. And the one thing that one of my friends told me that kind of blew my mind, uh, I think maybe just two months ago, is that sometimes they go to their, you know, sometimes like you want to go to your mother for advice. Mm -hmm. And some of them really don't have the tools to give you because they didn't go through that or yep. they don't have that experience. It's like raising children in this day and age is so new, so different. So, so different. So what you could do back then, you can't do now. And so how you have to handle things then, right? It's completely mm -hmm. different, right? Um, so your resources of trust, like, all right, well, I trust I trust my mom. So I, gotta go, I have to go, to go to her and then you can't go to her. So it's like, well, I'm all alone, right? And that's why I think they talk about with younger mothers, uh, having a village of younger mothers uh, surrounding mm -hmm. each other to kind of to kind of go through certain things and go to a, for advice and things like that. Um, but everybody's different. And everybody's situation is different, but I kind of wanted to touch on postpartum because I think it's super important for men to understand um, their person, right, and have have grace and empathy. Yes, um, because they could be going through something that even they don't understand. Yep, and yep. I want to encourage women too to to read up on postpartum and men to read up on postpartum. Oh, maybe do it together if you're if you're about to embark on this embark on this journey from motherhood and fatherhood parenthood maybe you guys do this together um so that you're prepared and even though you may not be fully prepared but you have an idea of how it can get 
so you can be a support to each other, right? Um, and be a support to the woman, especially because she's the one that's going through this as a new mother. Um, and that's not to negate the fact that fathers are, are new, and but it's different. It's a woman's body. It's 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 mental, emotional, physical, right? Yes. Um, so just wanted to just kind of highlight that part uh, for postpartum uh, because I think not a lot of people talk about it a lot as much as they probably should. Um, and women go through a lot. Yeah, and I think some women don't even know that that's what they're experiencing too. So that's why it's important to read up on it. Just like we do what, and, and it's crazy because there's a lot of parenting classes. I attended so many parenting classes with my son. None of them talked about the after effects, the postpartum, baby blues. None of this I found out until I went in to labor with my child. So that's definitely something that's important is knowing what to expect. Even if it doesn't happen, even if you're not a new mom, you may have not had postpartum the first time, but the second time you will, you not saying you, I'm sorry, the second time you may. And it doesn't matter how happy you are during your pregnancy. A lot of people say, oh, I'm happy. I'm having a wonderful pregnancy. Like my partner is supportive. That does not indicate that you won't, that this won't happen for you. It doesn't matter how, how great your, your pregnancy was. Things can happen afterwards. So just be prepared, get to know about it, for have your support ready for this time. That's, that's really all I can say is just, Always be prepared because you never know. And that's just the thing about mental health, especially if you never, if you haven't experienced it yet, it's, it's so sudden. Mm. It happens so random. And if you never felt it internally, you won't even know what's happening, honestly, sometimes. Wow. So, you know, with you working in this field mm -hmm. um, and your experience in this field, yeah. what are some of the stigmas um, that that you've seen um when that you've experienced right surrounding mental health right and why people won't get help the help that they need there's tons of stigmas around mental health and the main one is medication every like you said it earlier so so many people are afraid of medicine they think that they're going to be on all of these medications or that's the only solution to mental health is putting me on medicine. I don't want to be on the medicine. But I always, and I was a, I was against medicine before I, I became a social worker. I was always mm. that person like, I don't want to be on medicine. Don't put me on nothing. I'm just going to go therapy or do whatever I do naturally. Until you see, until you get into the field, you know that some people actually need, just like if you need blood pressure medicine, if your doctor, if you had cancer, if you had high blood pressure, if you had any other medical illness and your doctor say you need to take these two pills a day to feel better, you're going to do it. So you have yeah, to no, do no. It the same way with mental health. Well, no, no. I don't want to claim it. I don't want to claim it. I don't want to claim this. Yeah. I'm, not gonna, I'm not taking my medication. Yeah. I don't want to claim it because if I claim it, then you know that. See, now, we, now, now this is what happens. This, I gotta, this is going to follow me for the rest of my life. That's another thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm not going to see a psychiatrist. If they diagnose me, this is what I'm going to be forever. This is how I'll be identified. I won't be able to get jobs. Um, another one I see, I hear is that um, coming from our generation before us, or even mm -hmm. from black men, mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. what therapy gonna do for me? I'm just mm. sitting there talking to somebody. I could do that with my wife, or I could do that with my mom, or whoever. And the thing with that is, is that that's there's biases there when you talk to family members or brother or girlfriend. They know you, so whatever they think they know you, but really, they can never give you that that middle. The I guess they can't give you the right response because they're always going to be for you. When you go to therapist, that therapist knows how to connect that childhood experience. Give you the, I like to call them them aha moments. Like, oh, now this is why I act like this. Or this Mm. is why, because some things you don't tell your mom, some things you've been through, you haven't told your your spouse or your girlfriend, your kids, your, your, your dad, anyone. So they can't really connected and therapy gives you that safe space you know that this is here mad day comes she's not telling anyone so there's a lot of things around therapy that we really need to clear up in our community with our older generation without the wild black population period we need to learn to get away from those stigmas find out for yourself man you know you said a lot of powerful things there and the one thing that's so true about us is that we, of course, and honestly, sometimes for good reason, we're not so trusting, right? Yeah. And so we rather have venting sessions, right, with mm-hmm. people that we know. And I believe in safe spaces. So, yes, having people that you can go to in a safe space, I'm all for, 100%, because we need that in our community, right? Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, Sam, we do. We definitely yeah. do. Mm-hmm. But the one thing, you know, that's different is they're not qualified to connect those dots that you were talking about. Oh. And and the other thing, therapy is accountability. Yep, and that's what a lot of people run away from. Therapy is accountability. It's going to rip the mask off of who yep. you think you are, show you who you really are. And that is the issue. You can't hide behind your friends. You can't hide behind God. Nope. That's what you can't do. You can't hide behind a lot of those things. No, no, no. Come to the table. We're going to have this conversation because you need assistance. Sometimes it's not everybody else. Sometimes the problem is you. Yes. And, therapy and that's what a lot of people don't want to know. Yes. Mm-hmm. And therapy will show you that. And then also, it, it, it also just create plans for you. Right. To see for yourself or who you really are and then say, hey, well, here's the plan. for how we can get you to where you want to be. Right. And a lot of people, like you said, are afraid of that, that accountability piece. Yep. Right. That piece that, that's just like, well. I'm so used, used to shouting at my my husband and and calling him out his name and this and that, that you know, nah, I don't need therapy. Uh, sis. You need some therapy. Well, everybody that? around, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not the crazy one. Everybody around me is the crazy. I hear that one so much. I don't need therapy. I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. All my family is the one who needs to go to therapy. Exactly. And a lot of people are like, oh no, my husband the one that needs therapy, mm-hmm. not me. I know how to point you. the fingers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both need some therapy yep. in your lives, right? <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's the one thing. It's there's nothing wrong with having mm. a therapist. Like people have trainers personal trainers as as they should it's for their physical health right yes you need to get in shape yes you need to exercise yes 
And that's all great things. But what are physical trainers? They hope it's accountability. Yep. But you see, but the difference is you, you see the aesthetics of it. So it's okay. Uh-huh. Oh, now nah, you see the six pack and it's popping. Like you see all of this. Like, yeah, you see the, the body. Like, part of it. What's it's going to help me snag my man. It's going to help me snag my uh-huh. girl. It's going to help me do these things, right? But up here, you, up good. here, right? It's a problem. And, that, and that's why I love that there are people like you out here doing this work, right? That's my who can, who looks like me. I can say it's okay, right? And I just want to point out one more thing. They have Christian therapists. And I say this a lot. There's no excuse anymore. It's Christian therapists. Exactly. Please. Like, it, and it's frustrating. And I guess I'm very passionate about this. So excuse my rants. But I'm passionate about this. You know why? Because I see a lot of us, whether especially Black Christians, who lose their health. And not just in, I know we're talking about mental health, but their physical health. That blood pressure medication, are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I'm not taking it because I'm praying on it. I'm expecting a miracle. Oh, I hear that a lot. In my I'm not claiming this and that. I'm not claiming this heart, this, and I'm not doing this heart. And you don't take your medication and then things get worse. Strokes, heart attacks, heart disease. If you didn't claim that, the numbers show that. And it's probably because, yes, there are some hereditary things, but then not. Nah, it's, what, it's what you eat. You're going to tell me you're not diabetic, but cookies, cakes, candy, sugars. You're going to tell me you, you don't have high, high blood pressure. You, you, you stressing. You eating salty food. You all, all types of stuff. Yeah. You, you were doing these things. And then I'm not going to claim it. I'm a child of God. God bless. And we and, lose and, our and, people. Ooh, that's our people. And, that, and that's the older people, too, the older generation. And I see it so much in the medical field. I hear that a lot. Like, my God is, you know, you're not God. You can't tell me to take this medicine. You can't tell me um, this is what I need to do. If, if God wants me to live without this, I will. But my thing is, God wants you, first of all, to be accountable. Because like you said, you know that what are you you know the things you've been doing in life that got you to this point. But God also, yes, he wants you to pray and talk to him, but God put these doctors, the staff, and all these people in your life to make you better. God put this medication and provided these things for you to live long. That's the part that God wants you to be accountable and wants you to do the work. So that's God doesn't want you to pray and sit there. Just sit there and just wait. No, he wants you to put your foot on the ground and do what's necessary for you to live longer. So he can see that, okay, we working together. And and then I, I have, because um, I work in renal and dialysis, and I have mm. patients that say that. And I'm like, okay, so you are kind of scared because you're on dialysis. Meaning you come and get your treatment because you know that's keeping you alive. So it's not that you're putting 100% Think that that's what you're saying because you're still scared that you might die without dialysis. So you come in to do that, but you're not taking your medication and and really taking every the whole. You're not doing the whole picture. You you're doing a part of it. So if you have 100 percent faith, you wouldn't be doing that either, or you wouldn't be doing a part of your treatment plan and not all of it. So. God wants you to do the work. Prayer is key. That's the start. That's the head to everything. And it's not, mm-hmm. okay, you prayed. What's next? What's next? What is next? Right. 
And I think that's the biggest thing is I pray. And it's like people use the people use half like people use scripture half if it caters to what they're looking for, right? Like or what they want to hear. It's pray. On the spinning. Oh God, yeah. The crazy spin. Right. But God also gives you common sense. Use it. Right? They say faith without works is dead. You can pray and take your medicine. Please take your blood pressure yes. medication because we don't want you having strokes, all types of stuff going on. And this is what happens. You don't take your blood pressure medication. A lot of times you end up having strokes. Mm-hmm. That, that is the reality of a lot of situations. So, you know, so it's just getting out of these rusty mentalities, these mentalities that from, that has been passed down to us from generation to generation, you know, that's dysfunctional. And I love old school. I love old school music. I love old school love. I, I love it. It's great. I got it. Yeah. But there are some things back there we've got to lose and and block off, cut it off. Because at, at this point, it's becoming a generational curse. And that was about are, to be nice. It, got, it has to stop somewhere. It has to stop somewhere. And it has to let it stop with you. Let you, mm. you know, if you can't mm. change grandma, you can't change mama, you could change you. You mm-hmm. can decide this stops with me. I will not pass this down to my children. Mm. Breaking general generational curses is hard because now you're going against your family values. Now you're going against what your family found as important, what your culture feels is important. You are the one that's stepping in. It's like, I don't want this for myself or my children. And you're going to get a lot of backlash. But it's all about learning Mm. how to disregard what everyone else thinks about your life and do what's better and healthier for you and your family and your Mm. kids because you have to leave a new legacy. You know it's not right. So why carry it on? Mm. I know it's what you're used to. It's comfortable. Is what you know, and that's a lot. Another thing, our culture, our population, we run from being uncomfortable about the right things. So, uncomfortable being uncomfortable is a, a good sign of growth and change, and that's mm-hmm. that's going to come with breaking generational curses. So, yeah, it's true, and it, and it also starts with, like you said, one of the things that that you said is sometimes you have to go against your family, and it's really not going against them, but it's but it's truthfully, listen, I'm doing something different, and and yeah. I've realized, gotta be proud, and I realize with a lot of families, nobody wants to have those, the tough conversations. It's like, hey, mom's the word, I'm gonna be quiet, right? I won't get like, started. I don't want to get them started, you know. Right, right. <laughs> Leave it right. alone. Right. But that's never done anything good for us. But keep us in the same place. Right. And and these are the things that I love that you're doing is being the change. Like when little boys and girls look at you, it's like, oh, I could be just like her. I can. And it's okay to go to therapy. It's, it's okay to care about your mental health. It's okay. And that's what I love about representation. Not not the BS representation that people got out there, but actually when you actually are being the change. Right. So one, thank you uh, for, for, for being the change. Um, because these are the things that are needed for us um out here to begin to instill 
change and see people working in these fields that believe in what they're saying. Right. And that they believe in mental health and that they believe that therapy is okay. They believe in the power of prayer and therapy. And both, yes. Right. And I think that's so important. Um, that's not just one way and one-sided, right? Um, because we're, we're losing our people. Yeah. Especially men. Men yep. suicides are double women. Say that all the time. It's 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 sad. And but then so you got people. Men and women, heart, heart attacks, heart disease, blood pressure, aneurysm, diabetes, all types of things that's going on. And a lot of it stemmed from what's going on in here. Yeah. We ain't, we ain't, we're not releasing nothing. Nope. Lots and of people. The inpatient hospital that I work at, that mm -hmm. majority is men. Like the majority that I work with is our black men. I mean, there are other races and everything, but what stands out to me is how many of our black men are in there M multiple times. I mean, they get checked out. They come back a month later. They drugs trying to cope with life. Mm -hmm. So now they're addicted to drugs, which is killing them even more. Uh, cheated on their wives, many different situations that they feel mm -hmm. they blame themselves so much for that. Mm -hmm. They don't know that you, this is something that you can get help for. Don't wait till you get to the point and now you want to kill yourself. And now you have to be checked in because it didn't go through. That, that pill didn't work. That the drug overdose didn't take you out. So now you still left here to deal with this. Yeah. So what's next? And that's the ones like I sit with them. Like, what's next after this? You mm -hmm. got to change your environment. You got to get find you a safe space. And I talk about that in my podcast. Safe space is important. Even if that's your start before you get to therapy. Those safe mm. spaces should be filled with people who want the best for you, who can mm. give you resources and direction. It does mm. not have to be family and friends. You can build these spaces. Mm. And, you know, insurance, I know I hear it a lot. Who have insurance? Like, how can I see a therapist? I, I mm. can't keep up with that. That's too expensive. I heard that a lot in the inpatient hospital because that's how a lot of them get there too. They don't have the money and resources to keep up with their mental health medications and psychiatrists. Because when you don't have a insurance, the doctor like, come back, you know, book with me when you get it back. That's the so sad part. About that is insurance. The US. Yeah. We have to pay for mental health treatment. But I would say it starts with, with the safe spaces. And also so many therapeutic resources out here that does sliding mm. scales. You have to ask. That's another, another gem I want to let y'all know. Therapists may put on their website. I take insurance. This is my price, one twenty-five or hour one fifty. Reach out to that therapist. Email them. Email mm -hmm. whatever one stand out to you. Ask them, do they provide a sliding scale? Most of them do. They just don't like to put of that course, information yeah. out there. So let them know your situation and what's going on. And you never know who you'll find that's really just passionate and genuine for what they do that they want to see you do better. Right. So they will provide these these resources at a discounted price mm -hmm. sometimes even pro bono you just never know reach out if you really want the help just like we find these fitness trainers just like we get on instagram and research everything else we want just like you can find any other resource you can find mental health treatment mm -hmm. let's stop making excuses and there, there's a site called better help uh yes betterhelp.com and and this is, this is full disclosure this is not no this is not an ad 
Um, I don't affiliate with them. I don't, you know, but what I can say is they connect you to it. They have the ability to connect mm-hmm. you to a therapist based on your preferences. And a lot of, and a lot of times it could be a little, a little cheaper than just yep. going strictly to, to those therapies, um, excuse me, to the therapist, um, themselves, right. Their rates, i from what I understand are pretty good. Yes. Um, and they also, I think they also have a program. I think it's like a hardship program where mm-hmm. if, if, if you're going through a job loss or you know, financial problems, but you still want to pay for therapy, but you still want therapy, I think they give you a certain amount of months that you can do like a harsh, uh, a hardship program over them. They can answer a couple of questions, see if you qualify. And then, and then now that, then that therapy would be even cheaper. Yep. So if you don't have time to talk to them, you can do text. They do it through text, phone calls. If you don't have time to send on video, that's another good thing about them is that you can do mm-hmm. therapy your way. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so what 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 we're saying is that there are ways to get you the help that you need, um, wh- whether you're financially sound or whether you're going through a financial hardship. There are programs and there are ways um, for you to get the mental help that you need for your for your mental health. Right. Like what like what's the point of having a beautiful show, but, but you're tormented inside? Yeah. And that's what happens a lot. You know, like you see a lot of people committing suicide in Hollywood. Like, oh my God, this person has millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Look at how they look. They're beautiful. They're handsome. Because that's not what it was about. People don't understand what the people go through and the voices that they have in their head. Ooh. People don't you don't people don't understand it. And the voices can get louder and louder and louder and louder until you're, done, you're doing what the voices tell you to do. And I like what you said about voices because people think, oh, schizophrenia, this no. and I'm not that. No. That's not all, all the time what those voices are. Intrusive thoughts, that's also visual. If you, I see that so much too. People can see bad things happening to them before they even, be, you know, before it even happens. Or sometimes they just having these negative thoughts about their whole life. And like you said, that's this is that person that appears so lively at work that is just so happy. That's the head of the family, the happy, you know, the person that everybody look forward to being around. But that person, you know, don't be that person that's gone home and just hate yourself inwardly. Mm-hmm. That yeah. you you so you so occupied with trying to make the outside look so good that you paying no attention to the inside. And really, you should be working inside out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Start there. Yes. Stop putting the money in the outward part of you and put it in the inside because eventually it will bleed out into the outside of you. And mm-hmm. I'm seeing it so much, the suicide within ri- the rich people, people who are better off, successful. And like you yeah. just said, that does not mean anything if you still fight in childhood trauma or experiencing current traumas or, you know, dealing with domestic violence. You don't know what goes on behind the scenes in someone's life no matter how they appear to the world you don't Um, you definitely don't and i think that's why also um um, people always say like you know oh i i don't want to impose on people or tell you know or get people involved and bring anybody down and look i tell all of my friends and family this i'd rather you come to me than to me see you in a box it's just that simple for me 
right? You're not intruding on me. Like you're not, you know, if I have the capacity, because that's that's the one thing that I ask that question, right? To people like who are who I'm close with. Yeah. Say, hey, do you have do you have, do you have the capacity to talk about this right now? Yep, I do that too. Mm-hmm. As a respect for you and your mental health, because you might be going through a lot too. So I don't want to just go, hey, blah, 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 and mm-hmm. right. So I was like, <laughs> I was go, look, do you have the capacity to talk? about some 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 something that's difficult i'm going through if not that's perfectly okay no problem and then normally it's like yeah no nah, no problem or it's it's like hey give me a day or give me a couple hours like i'm just rolling through something whatever that is but respecting somebody's capacity is also essential too right yes. um yes. so it's 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 just creating those safe spaces um for each other but also respecting each other's boundaries and capacity as yes. well because because we're all going through something. And, 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 you know, just so for people who always say, well, I didn't want to bother. No, it's okay to bother. Cause I guarantee you that loved one would rather see, talk to you than to see you in the box. Yeah. Or to have to see you in the hospital or see you strung out on drugs or anything like mm-hmm. people. I like that you said that part about like asking the people have the capacity don't assume that people don't want to hear you or your problem they won't understand or that one conversation can change your whole perspective of of your life even if that person just sits on the phone and let you just let it all out do it yeah take yeah. take that offer but also, like you said, check in. Communication is key. How you feeling? Start off, how you feeling today? You know, you have the capacity to to talk to me right now about what I'm going through. Me and my best friend do that. <laughs> she calls, she's like, how's your capacity? Where you at today? Mm-hmm, like, you know, mm-hmm. go ahead. And by me being who I am, I it don't matter what I'm going through. I that's the boundary I'm working on. But I I know how to let other people's problem roll off me as well. But I'm always open to listen to listen. Yes. I don't I got to a point where I don't take it in. So when people come mm. to me, it does not bother me. But um, be That's open cool. with them. Let them know, you know, ask questions and then talk. You just never know who who's available or who's, who cares to hear. Stop assuming. That's what I would just say. Stop assuming that no one cares or no one has the availability or time to listen. You might be doing them a favor. You just never know how that person may feel to even know like wow was somebody you felt True. trustworthy enough to come to with that so mm-hmm. take that opportunity if it's available yeah and to the men please uh, you know man man oh <laughs> you know you know I, I, what i would tell men is that you, they're, they're they're not alone you know i think men have a hard time with vulnerability um talk to a lot of men the one thing that they say that nobody cares so why talk about it? Nobody cares about me. Nobody cares about what I go through. Who cares? And if I say something, then I'm being vulnerable or I'm talking too mm-hmm. much. You know, I'm acting like a bleep, whatever. You know, you, 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 what can you do for me? If I tell you I'm not okay, what 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 can you do for me anyway? So what's mm-hmm. the point of telling you? I exactly. Have that with exactly. Mm-hmm. And what you'll find in even in men who are going through things, hard things in life, they sabotage their relationships with their their girl. Um, because they feel alone. 
Yeah. Even if that girl is supportive, because I know, because I look, I hear it already. No, nah, I'm supportive. T- Terrence, t- I'm supportive. Yeah, all he got to do is come to me and everything. I get it. Terrence understands. Even if you're the most supportive woman, the reality is it's not about you. It's what's in his head. Exactly. It's what That's life difficult. is. It's what his situation is dictating to him, telling him. You're not worthy of this relationship. You're in a bind right now. Don't put her through this. Don't drag her through the mud. Don't don't bring her down. She can probably go find somebody else better. These thoughts come fast, and they come and it's and they come. It's big, and it get louder. And the longer the man is in this situation, the louder. These voices get to a point where he says, you know, it's not you, me. And then it, then, then the girl's hurt, frustrated. Well, I don't, you know, I would have been there. I'm I'm like, and we and the man gets it. Mm-hmm. But when a man is in a place where he now, this is a big, big argument on social media where he wants to protect, provide, do all of those things for the person that he's with. You want to fly? You want you want to fly him out? Yeah, you want to do these things. Right? You want to you want to do these things, and we see on social media all the time. Well, he's not a man if he can't do this, that, and the third. Okay, hmm. cool. So when I leave, so when I leave, you know why? You know why? Because if I can no longer do this, even if I even if, if I have a history of doing this, if I can no longer do this, in my head. I'm nothing. In my head, I'm nobody. That's reality for a lot of men. Mm. And they deal with that up here and in here. They they better off without me. I'm useless. These are the facts. This is what happens with a lot of men and they sabotage their relationships. And then for some men, they often take their life. Yeah. Right. So I just want people to understand sometimes it's not about just the relationship. It's not, it's not you, what you're not doing. So, yeah, because I have friends that like, oh man, like he just up and sabotaging. And it's really not you. You could have been the best. Well, because you are the best, he probably knows you are the best. And he probably mm-hmm. thought that you were better off without, without him. And when people get to that point, a lot of times it's like, well, what's what's after that? If I feel like you're better off without me, then maybe everybody's better off without me. Mm-hmm. You go into that feeling of uh, not feeling worthy, hopeless, um, undervalued, not seeing what you can bring to the table. You no longer just see your work as an individual overall. And... I mean, you made some really good points about what we don't, as women, no matter how much education, experience, we can never truly understand what a man experiences. And I get so many um, women that come into the hospital that I've seen as um, outpatient that say these things like, my husband's just not who he was. or um, he's, I know he's going through things. I've been there for him. We go to couples counseling. We we do this and that. We try to exercise it. We do dates. 
together, together, together. It's you got to understand that this is an individual healing that he needs. You doing marriage counseling when marriage is not the issue right now. It's the individual that needs the attention. And when you come into marriage counseling, that counselor is there to help your marriage, not to help Joe with his depression. So or his internal feelings. So that person, no matter what you do for you all together, if that person does not go get the individual treatment, individual health therapy, psychiatrist, whatever, for themselves, they can never pour what is needed into that relationship. Um, what can they pour? Honestly, what can they pour? They mm -hmm. don't find a value within themselves. How can they value a marriage or value you as a woman or you as a man if they don't see it within, them, within themselves? You're so right about that. And the one thing about men is a lot of men know how to compartmentalize things. All right. And even if the money's going well, let's say the money's going well. We'll, we'll use that example. Money's booming. Everything's good. But he's not well as a man. Like just individually, he's going through stuff. He can compartmentalize, take you on trips, provide for the family, do all these things. And people go, oh, what happened? Mm. He was fine. No, he wasn't fine. He was doing his job. He was doing his job. Man. And if and if he was set financially, whatever the case is, he leave you out the rest of the whatever it is, and then I'm good. He good, man. Right, right. But he left his family, right? Not and and I don't mean just even just divorce, but it could just mean suicide, whatever. Yo, yeah. Because he didn't take care of him. Because men compartmentalize a lot of stuff. They, he, they don't want to bleed on their own family. Uh, I don't want to talk. I, I don't want this to be a burden on my wife. I don't want this to be a burden on my kids. I want to be viewed as Superman 24-7, 365. But mentally and emotionally, I'm going through and I can't talk to anybody. Yeah. Right? Sometimes, and that's why I say therapy for, for men is key. Because maybe the stuff that you're going through, you, you can't Oh, you don't want to tell your wife. It has nothing to do with her. It could just mean what you're going through in your own life, in your own situation, up here and in here. That's why therapy for yourself is key. And that's why we have professionals, you know, that are ready and willing and able to help. You just got to be open to receive the help. The therapist knows that you don't trust her. She knows that she's not about to get everything out of you in one or two sessions. The therapist is there to build rapport, to get to know you first, and then provide the help that you need. So don't go in there thinking that, oh, you know, I've heard that I'm probably the worst person you had, huh? all this crying and stuff. Like, no, no, stop, make, stop making that. The therapist probably seen 10 times worse than you probably are the minimal level that she has seen mm -hmm. stop worrying about what she thinks or what he thinks about you go in there open ready to receive help but first of all ready to take accountability mm -hmm. and that therapist is going to catch that too when you're not being accountable and also they are learning you they know where your flaw is they can see just from through you talking a lot of things that you don't even notice about yourself and that's a good thing about therapy that she doesn't know you at all. She's learning you through what you're saying, your actions, your past, things you've told her yeah. or him. Just 
go there being willing to receive help, be accountable, and be open, be mm-hmm. be be vulnerable. And that's a oh, that's a big word with black men. Vulnerability. Why? I'm not the person that should be vulnerable. I'm the person that got to be the strong one. I'm the person mm. that got to take on my family's problems. I got to be strong. Why would I be crying when I'm leading the house? Why would I mm. be vulnerable when I have to be the head of my household? Mm. And it's, it's that that's that's the the sad part with that I'm in because all they know is to work, provide, make my family happy. I have not heard one one um one thing about a man that was to make me happy to live my best life a man's role is always what they can do for the family and other people that's mm-hmm. what what they were raised to believe i've never heard a man say in their role is to be the best i can be for myself and my family it's always be who i can be for my family or mm. be who i can be for my mom mm. my mm. kids Mm. it's always about giving 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 yep and this is why i encourage men to get therapy way before they get into a relationship or mm. you know why because in for a lot of men their first interaction with with a therapist is normally marital counseling yep once not premarital marital Mar- counseling exactly they got married mm-hmm and that's always probably eight out of ten the worst experience for a man. Because at that point, it's normally about what what he's not. Same thing is as always it's all it's always this. So now you have a idea in your head that that's how therapy or therapy is. Mm. Good point. And, and you don't want to now you're like, why the heck am I going to therapy when it's always gonna be my fault? Me. It's always it's always the guy. Right? Happy wife, happy life. Okay, so now I'm in therapy and it's all my fault. She had nothing to do with why we're here. Okay, no problem. Right? So now after this, I want to there's no, I'm good. I've seen what therapy is all about. And so that's why I encourage men to seek therapy for themselves first so they really understand what therapy is about so by the time they get into couples therapy marital therapy they're gonna be they have an understanding of what it should be and what it should look like and if it's not that then there needs to be a change in therapist right um because i've been in you know therapist before um where it's two people and the therapist chimes in like in a biased way of against mm-hmm. men see but i knew better because i've had therapy in the past individual and i'm like no we're not doing we're that. not fit <laughs> we're not, not fit. like because if this is the way that this is gonna be for throughout i'm calling it out it's not the way it should be because you need to be a third party you need to be unbiased yes right you can't make blanketed statements towards men right so i was already armed with things that i know that i needed to be armed with so i can call it out 
But when a but when a man is not doesn't go through that first initial therapy just on his own, he doesn't know. Then he gets blindsided by therapy. If it's boom, 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 mm-hmm. he's like, okay, so this is what therapy is. I'm Gucci. Yep. Right. Make sure, like, I like how you said that you're able to identify things, even if this is your first time. Be real intentional with this. Take down what do you want to see in your therapist? What do you want this person to be like? What what kind of credentials do you want? What background do you want them to have? Be picky. Mm. Try them out. Go there. If they're not fitting for you, if you see that they are a little biased, that they're not understanding where you come from, that's not all therapists, no matter if they're black, or they black, white, whatever is you feel they'll understand your background. Yes, being black another black therapist will understand the hardships we had and things like that. But they also don't understand your trauma. This person is trying to learn you. They'll understand that the connection of being black and your trauma, but they still don't understand what it was like for you as an individual. Something that maybe a white therapist wouldn't have no idea about. Mm. And so find what's fitting for you. Don't ever feel like you're stuck with a therapist. Do not make yourself suffer. That can start another line of trauma. Because mm. now mm. you hate therapy altogether because if all of them are like this, I don't want it. I went I went through about four therapists till I found who I have now. And I'm telling her every time, you better not quit. You better do this forever. <laughs> I'm following <laughs> you everywhere. We've been, that's been yes. my therapist since 2019. So... Now that I have her, we fit. I can be myself. I can come to therapy how I want. Stop thinking you have to look a certain way for therapy. If you got to go in there with your do-rag and your white beater on, this is you. They do not want you to come mm-hmm. in a three-piece suit. No, they therapy is about being who you are so you can feel the most comfortable to talk about what it is you're experiencing. Because yes. when you appearing to be somebody you're not, now you're about to not give 100% of what's going on with you, you are losing the value of this session by putting a mask on. You might mm. start there if you with a mask, like you said, but it's going to come off. And it's going to hurt. Mm. It's going to be a lot of tears. It's going gonna, it's gonna to sting because you're getting a reality check. And that's what we need in life to identify who we mm. really are. Mm. That's, man, that's so powerful. You know, and and that's where I think for us, you know, I'm 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 an advocate for therapy. It's no secret. Um, you work in the field, and we need to have more of these conversations, just in general, just with people, real conversations. Um, because I don't think people really understand how healthy therapy really is for you, especially if you have a good therapist. Man, especially if you have a good one. You know how many people could benefit from grief therapy. Somebody who specializes in grief. Yep. Like that right there can do wonders for you. Like, because why? Because we grieve every day a lot of different things. And sometimes people think grief is just for death. Oh, you just took doors on the mouth. <laughs> Go ahead. It's not. Yes. No. It's for the it's for the living. That parent that's in the hospital, you're grieving. Right? The stuff you're going through with your spouse, you're grieving. Kids not doing right. You're grieving. That job you lost, you are grieving, especially if you're a man and you have a wife and kids. Think about the economy right now. You know how many layoffs happened this year? Since COVID in general. 
Since COVID in general, but this year, hundreds of thousands of people laid off. That's true. You don't think people grieving that? And now because there's so many people in the market, it's hard for you to get a job. Yep. And you got a house full of bills, tuition coming up, school this, school that coming up, but it's August. Your wife looking at you like, yo, where that? Like, oh, oh, right. The plans you had, right? Yeah. The plans you had because maybe you was making a certain amount of money, you know, you know, doing, and then you lose it. Now the plans you had are gone or on pause. You're grieving that. What people see on social media, they're grieving that. Social injustices, even that. You're looking at these presidential candidates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Understanding this, and you're gonna tell me you don't, you don't need no therapy. Nah, you do because you're pushing this off. You go at some point, it's gonna come out at some point in time, and it's not gonna come out in a good way. Whether it's you take it out on your kids, your wife, your husband, yourself, mm-hmm. what we're we talking about, right? Grief is a real thing. And people handle grief very differently. It is what it is. But yes. when we don't know ourselves, it's it's problematic. Go ahead, I know you want to say No, I was saying, yeah, when grief, grief is a, a big one. And I, I'm glad that you let people know that there are therapists that specialize in grief therapy. There, there are people who work with, with just that and grief appears differently for everyone you can think you have gotten to that acceptance stage where well, i have accepted this this is what it is and life hits you wake up the next day you back at step, step one because that's just how grief works it's a lifelong it can be a lifelong journey it's all about coping with it and learning how to move forward and like you said, grief, grief. We we grieving things that we don't even know we're grieving. I had a reality check, like losing losing the income is grief. Losing or breaking up is grief. It's not the 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 death of that relationship is real grief because you you get to know someone for so long. You this person has become a part of your life, your identity. You have created something with this person that's gone that is grief because not only is the relationship you're grieving and healing at the same time because you're which is so hard it's so hard because you are trying to process what has happened in your life but i'm also trying to create this identity for myself and become this new person to take on what's next in my life Mm. and it's therapy can help you identify what it is you need to change how to hold yourself accountable and to also help you normalize the journey of this, you need someone in your corner to tell you this is not an overnight thing so that you're not beating yourself up because two years later, you still heard about this. You need someone that's in your corner to, to give you reassurance because you're not all the time going to get that from family, friends, your children, your boss at work. We got to stop looking for it from the outside as well and start to actually give it to ourselves. Mm. Mm. 
And that's learned behavior, learned behavior. And that's very true um, because we do look for other people to make us feel better, to make us feel good, to make us. And I, and I understand it. It's, it's, it's comfortable, right? But it's not, it's not real progress. It's not real change. It's not change behavior. Yeah. It's not, it's not going to get you to, to the next level of healing, right? It's a, it's, you know, it's a bandaid, you know, and yeah. as it should be, like you should get a bandaid until you can get yourself checked out. I get it. Right. But that goes to show in a lot of circumstances, we use things to, I would say, mask um, what we're going through. Like we have issues. You, know, you could be grieving, doing a lot of things. And what do we do? We overwork ourselves. We use work as a way of coping. We try to sex it away, drink it away, drug it away, whatever that, what, whatever your vice is. I, you know, I'm going to this. So what I do? Start a new project. Okay, so I got to start this business. Okay, so then I got to do the project. Well, I, and then you're like, you just now go from this to that. To, you know, like you're just doing a whole bunch of things, right? To avoid, mm-hmm. you know, so that you don't have to cope with the reality of what you're going through. Yep. Right? Um. So it can ease the pain, right? Without you having to actually face it. Um. And these are the things that in therapy you can't get away with. Cannot. You won't. If, if you have a good therapist, of course. Right? Um, so with all these things that you've learned um, uh, in your journey with mental health and, and being in, in social work, is that what inspired you to start this beautiful podcast? Um <laughs> called healed yet question mark um what was the inspiration behind that was it because of your experience or was it something else i would say it's was my personal experience and my um career experience i noticed that so many people including myself when i was in time of need i didn't i didn't have available free resources to tell me where where to start where can i start that's just in the in my home within me. Where can I start before I go to therapy? What what is it? What's what's out there? I didn't have that in my dark time. Mm. And then when I go out into my career and in my other, you know, in the various things that I do, I notice that everyone lacks that first question. Where do I start? We don't know where to start. We don't know where to go. We don't know what it feels like. And we also all have this timeline that we think we should be over a certain situation or we feel that I have this amount of time to go through something. I've heard so many times like, oh, I, I, this happened to me five years ago and I don't know why is it still affecting me? Are you not even noticing that it is still affecting you and your mm. new relationship? And you hopping around to all of these relationships searching for mm. someone to change you. And for me, doing this does something for me mm. and my health. Cause I don't want, that's the first thing I put out on there is that I don't want anyone to feel like I'm healed because healing is a lifelong journey. It's always something thrown in your pet that you have to heal and move forward from. So I'm not healed and doing this helps me to feel like I'm fulfilling my dream as a social worker to help those who 
need help, but also the idea of knowing that this, even if it's helping, I started this podcast saying that even if one person listened to my podcast, I feel that I've done what I needed. If they don't, if they start journaling, if they start reading these books I put out on there, if they listening to what my guest is saying and noticing that I even have a, a therapist on there and I'm going to have more therapists to talk about because I want people to get rid of the stigma that therapists know it all. We, we, we are humans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We are healing. We go through things. We have life outside of this that we're dealing with. So don't think that, that the therapist is the prof the person in the room that knows it all. Cause we mm -hmm. don't know you. Mm -hmm. We are all here learning. That's what a therapist is to learn you and mm -hmm. to help you to be a line of support for you. So that's why I talk a lot. I have a lot of therapists on there to talk about their situations if they feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely personal and career experience that got me to feeling like, you know what? I'm going to start recording all of this stuff that I'm telling people for free. All of, I mean, like talking to my friends and family, all these things that I'm saying to get paid for. Mm. These are things I could be giving to the world as well. I love it. I love it. Um, so, and where is this podcast? Like where can they listen to this particular podcast? So it's on uh, Apple Music and Spotify right now. I'm still working mm -hmm. on getting it on YouTube. That's my goal before the end of the year is to open yeah. it up more on YouTube because my mm -hmm. listeners, a lot of people I know, they listen to podcasts on YouTube. And I'm like, oh, okay. So yeah. I'm working on that. And you can follow me at Hill Yet Podcast on Instagram and Facebook where mm -hmm. I post all my upcoming episodes. And I also post like motivational quotes and things like that just, just to help anybody that's there that needs it you just never know who needs it love it love it now you also uh have a facebook group as it's called mm -hmm. circle of healing so what is that about what's that about okay so i started this group called the circle of healing to provide us i'm just big on safe spaces and you'll find that out in my podcast just a safe space everyone if you don't know, if you notice, everyone goes to social media, post their problems. That's the first place they go before they go anywhere else to find help. They're posting <laughs> A, B, and C on social media, looking for, people think they're looking for attention, but they're really looking for help. They're looking for advice. They're looking for reassurance and someone to tell them it's okay. And that's why I created this space, because I feel that in this group, I only want people who are either looking to offer support or get support. Non-judgmental free and a space where i post um different topics or what are you great things that get people thinking and and also conversation starters i allow them to post their problems in there what is it what are you experiencing today that you may need some support with i provide resources in that group um so it's just eventually i stopped trying to get more comfortable with videos this has helped me by the way <laughs> get more comfortable <laughs> with posting videos so people can see who is this behind the page who is this yes. behind and that's that's the next step for me is um, starting monthly challenges and everything in that group. Like you should, the Circle of Healing on Facebook. Go ahead, go go ahead and add that group. Yeah. So um, if you're on Facebook, which I know a lot of you guys are, please go check out that particular group, um, the Circle of Healing. I know I'm gonna check it out. You know, I'm gonna like it, follow it, get involved with it. Yeah. Um, 
and um, you know, definitely follow on um on Instagram, Facebook, and um, you know, Spotify and iHeartRadio and soon to be YouTube. Uh-huh. Yes. We're gonna, we're gonna put that out it. there. You gotta start seeing the face, right? Yeah. Um and you know, just also just be a just be a support um, you know, to her because she is amazing. Um, the work that you're doing is is needed. You know, uh, I can't applaud you anymore. Um, you're doing the work, you know, that that a lot of people don't want to do. Social work is thankless work. Um, and, and yeah, sh- you know, we should be getting paid. You know, people should be getting paid a lot more. So social workers should be getting paid a whole lot more. It's I'm, another I'm conversation you, for another day. <laughs> it is. It absolutely is. But I'm going to tell you, because I've, I've worked in nonprofit. I've worked in certain fields. I know social workers. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'm like, they want they they need to be paid. I hear it all day, like a whole lot more. This? And yeah. I'm like, do what? They're like, I could never do your job <laughs> because it's a lot of work and it's it draining is. work. Um, for a lot of people, it would be draining. Work. Yes, so you got to put yourself to the back burner and show up for your patients, your clients every day. Because not every matter what you're day. experiencing in your personal life, you have to know how to separate it. Absolutely. Something I've mastered. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you definitely are a master at what it is that you do. Um, want to wish you all the success in the world um, on your podcast. Thank and, you. And uh, you know, you're always welcome on the conversation of the Heart Podcast at any point in time. You want to come on and talk talk something. Um, you are absolutely, you know, it's an open invitation for you to to come on in here um, and have a good conversation that needs to be had. Um, Definitely appreciate the work that you do. Salute the work that you do, especially being the Black Queen. Um, appreciate the representation. Thank you for all that that it is that you do. Um, and everybody, please go follow her on social media and support the podcast. Thank you. Yes, Thank yes. You. So until next time, this has been another incredible episode. Very loaded episode of conversations yeah. of conversations on the heart. <laughs> Please tune in, uh, like, subscribe, follow, um, share this with anybody and everybody that you believe that can benefit from this. Um, we definitely would appreciate that because that's why we do the work that we do so that we can impact the community and, and impact the world. So, again, this is your boy T. I will see you guys next week. Peace.